Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are listening to Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Hey, what's up? It's Metal Shop Metal Shop's Backstage Pass. Right now I'm talking with Knox Colby, vocalist for a band called Enforced. You may not have heard of them yet, but their new record is called Kill Grid. It's out now on Century Media Records. They've been grinding hard, doing kind of a crossover, hardcore, thrash metal, and death metal-influenced sound for quite a while now from Richmond, Virginia. I believe you guys are from Richmond, right? Yes, sir. You guys, uh, like the newest metal band to really make it from richmond you guys have such a a big scene i mean coming from you know i i kind of grew up in more like hardcore so i i liked bands like strike anywhere striking distance count me out um Mm -hmm. and and then um you know the metal bands so you got guar municipal waste so many sick bands um how has oh and of course lamb of god how has being Mm -hmm. from richmond um shaped you musically uh, yeah, I mean, it's been probably the biggest impact, um, in my life, I, I would say, um, as a musician, I originally started in the Virginia beach hardcore scene. Okay. Um, I, I moved there when I was 12 and I, when I graduated high school in 2008, I left. So that was like 2002 to 2008. So six years of being in bands and mm-hmm. going to shows and uh, getting roughed up <laughs> and stuff and, uh, going, you know, getting hurt and fighting and everything. Yeah. Um, and then moving here where it's kind of, it's punk, it's metal, it's hardcore, it's everything underground is so, um, it's in your face and ever present no matter where you go. Yeah. So, uh, and people you see, uh, it's such a, a serious and, concrete uh part of the like whole richmond culture is um the underground music scene that's so that's awesome could you you tell from like the moment you moved there say again could you tell like from the moment you moved there that it was so ever oh yeah i i i found i went to see um ceremony and paint black the day i moved here they played a house show i just rode my bike a couple blocks down the street and yeah jumped off and just went to a house show where ceremony was funny. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, this is where I want to be. <laughs> I'm good. I'm sold. That's awesome, man. So, uh, it was, it was cool. What? Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to jump into this then might as well, since we're talking about Richmond, we all know the big four of thrash, you know, Metallica, Megadeth, mm-hmm. Anthrax and Slayer. In your opinion, what's the big four of Richmond? I want to, I'm not going to get you in any fights, you know, you know, this is just your personal, personal. 
So it doesn't have to be. Well, half of, half of it is obvious. So lame of God and missile waste. Yeah. I would say, um, or you could debate. Um, but in my personal interests, I would say lame of God, municipal waste down to nothing and probably count me out. Nice. Um, I mean, those were all like down to nothing and count me out were so cool when I was, you know, a teenager Yeah. and, and municipal waste as well. So you know, moving here and then playing shows with all these dudes and stuff. You're just like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> yeah. Cause when you're, when you're young, you don't know that like they're not rock stars. They're just yep. people. <laughs> so you just, you can't, it took a long time to wrap my head around. It's like, Oh yeah, these guys are, these are just people like that. It's not, you know, and they definitely don't carry any rock star attitudes. It's, that's ridiculous. So just hanging out with these, with these guys and just seeing them around and stuff. It's just very casual. Everyone's super supportive of one, of one another. That's so, uh, that's yeah, awesome. I would, I would say those four. I forgot to mention Avail. That is a very Richmond band. I would, yeah, I was of Richmond. So I would have to take one out then. Well, cause I think, I think if I were to ask any of those bands, they would put Avail before themselves. For sure. So which one, should, <laughs> which one should be taken out? I know DTN guys are huge avail heads, so well so are Count Meon guys. Oh, well, there but you go. um just for the sake of the name, I'm gonna have to count out Count Me Out. They they said I could because that's their band name. So <laughs> uh, I'll take Count Me Out Alf and put a veil on. But the best part about it is you don't have to take anything out and you can enjoy it. I don't it. yeah, and I don't oh, want to. <laughs> exactly. So um so I wanted to ask you about a bit about the record. So the album is sure dope um it's uh it's available now on century media uh tell me about making that step up dude century media is a big step up i mean now you guys are on the same label as you know some of the heavy hitters in the world of i, I mean, know and body count of, of my, like, and ice t they just won the grammy um and your label I know. now with body count yeah when i told my parents that <laughs> i think that's when they were like oh he's oh he's actually doing something no okay cool um, validation. Cause I told, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, they constantly need like re revalue, revalidating yep. to kind of like keep up with so, some way that I can translate, um, how <laughs> enforced has grown as I can translate it to bands or people that they know. Totally. So when body count got the Grammy, uh, shout out to IC yeah. and the boys in her, in Ernie, um, I was like, hey, you see the body count want a Grammy? Yeah. I'm on the same record label as them. Oh, okay. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's I'm so just sick. Like, yeah. Like, okay. Can you see like where this hopefully is tracking? Exactly. Um, <laughs> that would be really cool. So how'd you guys uh, get on uh, century media? How long um, did you guys were in talks and whatnot? Um, I know you have a um, member from red death uh, playing with you guys. Was it kind of, did it that kind of open the door to talking with century media? I think so, but not in a, it wasn't like, okay, we'll sign them too. Okay. Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, we were both included on this like Bandcamp article about like up and coming, uh, thrash bands. Yeah. Um, and I think they pulled the guy who signed us is now the head of a uh, A and R there. So I think he has got us, at the same time. That's cool. And, um, 
Red Death had already finished, or it's almost done finishing mm-hmm. Sickness Divine. So they kind of they 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 went right to work into getting that pushed pumped out as soon as possible. And um, yeah, and then we so that was probably I was trying to I was trying to think of it the other day. Um, I'm gonna say it was like late two thousand. No, it was like mid mid summer 2019 it was right around the time after the walls came out because mm-hmm. we hadn't even really toured on it yet um but yeah they had already shown interest and so we when we uh you know started working with war and stuff uh we were like hey like we already got hit up with century media so this is kind of like a one and done thing yeah and he was like totally understand yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty hard to pass up i'm not gonna be a dickhead about it yeah well, uh, congratulations and, 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 um, you know, yeah, thank you. Century media is doing really cool stuff with, um, you know, obviously there's the heavy hitters that, that they always are constantly putting out, but then, you know, there's some new up and coming bands like frozen soul, Sanguis Sugabog, and uh-huh. you know, you guys, um, uh, and it, it's, it's really cool. Uh, again, yeah, they kind of, they kind of, um, dragged the lake and got, um, got some new, rising stars some new blood uh, all, at, all at once that um, would be so really cool that would be cool if you know in the times when the world is open there could be um you know an enforced frozen soul sanguisugabog like century media new guns tour or something that'd be cool we played a few shows with uh sanguisugabog nice or maybe it's just one i can't remember is it i thought it was at least three but um yeah we played with them in cincinnati and that was a, that show was a wild ass um, very violent. It was awesome. <laughs> so, uh, what's been, okay. So in the normal timeline, like there's a, there's a totally other timeline where the label, where the album comes out and the world is open mm-hmm. and you guys can tour, play a record release show. But because that's not, ha- not possible, how have you um, been able to pivot and still like, um, support the record and stuff? Is it a lot of interviews, a lot of press and stuff? Oh yeah, I mean, I've been going crazy with all the press and interviews and stuff nice. like that, just to try and uh, keep the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, people are, you know, uh, I'm not, you know, jumping out in front of buses trying to get attention or anything. Yeah. Um, but people still keep coming, so I mean, I'm down to always talk about it. I love talking about it, <laughs> and we appreciate um, that, man. Huh? And we appreciate that being the. Oh, absolutely! You know, I hope so. Yeah, I love doing. Them. I really appreciate you know everyone give, giving us the opportunity to to talk about the record. Um, we've got some. We might have something coming out later on next month. Um, just as like some teaser stuff. Yeah. But we're trying to we're trying to keep you know some type of output consistent to keep uh to keep uh, treading water until we can actually start playing shows again. Do you, you know, do you have any kind of like, are you nervous to like reschedule stuff? You know, because like, okay, so when the pandemic started, everyone rescheduled and then they rescheduled again, rescheduled again. Mm -hmm. And at this point, you kind of just got to wait or people, you know, maybe pushing it out to like fall, something like that. Is that kind of. Yeah. Fall or winter. Yeah. Um, We had a bunch of stuff lined up last summer and last fall yeah. and that constantly got pushed back and rescheduled mm-hmm. pushed back and rescheduled and then finally just hands thrown up just flat out canceled so yeah having having stuff rescheduled i mean 
it's happened numerous times before. So yeah. I'm not, I'm used to it by this point. <laughs> uh, it is a little disheartening cause you just want, you just want to get out and do it. So bad. but if the time's not right, the time's not right. So there's nothing you can really do. Was the album worked on during the pandemic or was it all done beforehand? No, it was all done beforehand. It was all nice. done before we even, um, did that full U S tour back in January, 2020. Nice. Uh, written wise, but it was recorded right before quarantine mm-hmm. and like a little bit afterwards. Um, like right before, like the first lockdown, like what was that mid March mm-hmm. of last year? I can't remember. Just about a year. Um, yeah. Yeah. About a year. Um, God, doesn't feel like a year. Uh, yeah. So it was pretty much all set in stone by the time we even got into the studio. Were, uh, was there any kind of, um, I, I don't know, uh, were you kind of holding back the idea of releasing it? Was there any like, you know, nervousness about releasing it during a pandemic or what was that uh, negotiation like? And you know, what, what um, made you decide to, to release it during this time? Well, it was originally supposed to come out late summer of last year. Okay. Um, we were going to do a tour, like a half us tour, I think it was like two or three weeks. Uh, and then the record would come out and then we were going to do a full, I think that October. And then both of those got, you know, the, the shuffled around and rescheduled and ultimately canceled. Yeah. And then it got pushed back to October or the, the record got pushed back to October. And since he's like, that's the latest you can do it this year. Fair um, if we're even going to do it at all. Cause album like music sales drop so dramatically once it gets closer to the holidays mm-hmm. that, um, no one's going to be buying it. And by the time, you know, people start buying music again, it's been five months. Um, so I mean, I, I, I trust their decisions there. It's century media. I don't think they've been, uh, they've been completely open and honest and worked with us every step of the way. So I think they probably know better as to when to put an album out than me, someone who has not worked on the business aspect of music ever. So, um, when they said, uh, it's going to get pushed back until March and we're just kind of like, well, that really sucks, but it gave us plenty of time to really hammer out the rollout of it and get everything squared away and really kind of put a lot of our, uh, creativity more with, you know, visual aspects, something mm-hmm. that we've always like, ignored. Um, so like making the malignance video, that's just all old tour footage. Um, making the UXO music video that took like most of July or January, excuse me. Yeah. It's like most of January. And then the, uh, curtain fire one that took, that took a, a day of burning plastic and stuff. And <laughs> so that was fun. Um, but yeah, it's just like, it was just, we just did stuff that we aren't normal, normally doing or necessarily comfortable doing. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that's been uh, a huge learning curve and uh, really fun uh, to see where we can kind of pull that, push that creativity that we can't do live. We can do it in other, de- uh, in other ways, ostensibly. But it's, it's actually kind of, um, you know, kind of, uh, 
I don't know, it's a blessing in disguise, I'd say. No one's going to say yeah. that COVID or anything is a good thing, but I'm going to say that it forces you to, um, you know, maybe during this time you probably would have been touring or, you know, focusing solely on that stuff. And so with the album, you know, being planned to, to come out, you are forced to, you know, flex these other creative muscles that you haven't flexed as much. And, you know, I think coming out of this, I, I've said it before, I think we're all going to have some more tools in our tool belts. Yeah. Um, like if it had come out as planned, like, you know, late summer, early fall, yeah. then we would have never done any of those music videos or visualizers or, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. In terms of like, um, a press cycle, like we've been, like we've been doing since, since January. Yeah. Um, we, we wouldn't have had time to do any of that. Um, it would just been so much so fast that my brain would have like fallen out of my ears <laughs> trying to keep up with all of it. So, so yeah, it is a, it is kind of a blessing and a curse at the same time. Uh, during this pandemic, um, have you been, you know, working a day job or doing anything like that? Or have you been, yeah, we, we all have full-time jobs. Um, I do, uh, home and apartment maintenance. Okay. And, uh, three, three of us, both of our guitarists and our drummer are, work at as painting contractors. Nice. And, um, our basis, uh, he worked at a venue that closed. Mm-hmm. So he, he was kind of doing struggling with the unemployment stuff for a few months. And then he got a job at a, a local brewery. Nice. Uh, so he's been working. We all been working pretty nonstop since the beginning. Yeah. I, I, there has been no breaks for, or, you know, working from home for a lot of us. Yeah. Man, same here, man. I, I work the day job and I do the radio stuff. So I, uh, yeah, there was a couple, there was a, there was like that month in the beginning where we were forced to shut down, but then we all kind of had to come back little by little and I don't know, kind of crazy, but, um, I, I, I wanted to ask a little bit about like your, your, um, kind of like early days of music and you said you were you know getting getting really into hardcore and i'm curious uh so i like to ask people what their first album was but more so i'd like to know what was your first band t-shirt of all time mine was a no doubt t-shirt that i got at target and i still have it Mm. what was your first band t-shirt you ever got um i'm really glad that I had the interview before this one. Cause someone that, that he asked me the same thing and I had to really think hard. Okay. Cause I was like, dude, I don't even know. Um, it was probably this local Virginia beach band called sirens. Okay. That's kind of like a post hardcore band. Um, they were my, they were my favorite local band. And I never got to see them mm-hmm. except once I caught like the last two songs of the set bought the t-shirt and then like three weeks later they broke up. So I was like, cool. <laughs> so, uh, I think that was the first one. If, if not, then there's, there's probably something else that I just don't remember that didn't mean uh, wholly as much as that, as that shirt did. I had that shirt for a long time. until I finally outgrew it. So, uh, what was the light bulb moment for you that made you want to, you know, get up and, and, do vocals and, and get the, uh, you know, get in the band and, and actually do the band yourself. Um, light bulb moment. Was there like a, a thing that inspired Sing you to along. actually start your own band? I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always used to like, this sounds super corny, but I really don't care. Um, I always used to, you know, 
scream along to like hate breed records and stuff. Of course. Yeah. When I was like 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, when I started like my first couple, you know, high school bands, yeah, they were like, well, who's going to do vocals? I was like, I guess I can. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that, I mean, of course it's super nerve wracking as when you're like 14 to like get up in front of a bunch of strangers who are far older than you or, or you perceive to be far older than you and they're not they're like 18. Yeah. Um, and, and, and lose your, lose your mind, uh, to try and impress them. But it just seemed natural to me. Um, and like, I still get nervous as heck, but once I, um, get on stage and grab the microphone and stuff, it, it all goes away and it's all performance. Uh, so you mentioned that you guys played uh, Cincinnati with Sanguisugabog, and it was a very insane, brutal, violent show. Uh, yeah. Now going through your, you know, your memory bank, and I know that some of those Richmond shows probably are pretty, pretty gnarly, the pits and whatnot. Oh yeah. What's uh, what's the most violent or brutal show you've ever attended and seen, like the pit for? Um. I would say the most dangerous, the first instance of violence I, I saw was Evergreen Terrace and Every Time I Die okay. played the sushi bar in Portsmouth, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I think I was about 13 at the time, and that place was packed with probably 400 people. A sushi bar. <laughs> and people were legitimately just like grabbing each other by the throat and just cold cocking each other. Jesus. I mean, just like, Oh yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, dude, everyone's just fighting. But I just, I just didn't fully understand. Yeah. But then it actually did turn into a huge fight and it like spilled out in the parking lot. There's like hundreds of people just beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> and me and my brother, uh, <laughs> my brother was there too. So we just like ran out in the parking lot, like, I'm 13. He's 15. He's like, we gotta go. Yeah. So we just ran away. And luckily, uh, my mom gave us her like Nokia flip phone and we just called the house and like, Hey, you have to come get us, but you gotta come pick us up like two blocks away. Cause we were like, if she sees this, we're never coming back. Like we're done. Like it's just never happening again. And we need, I love this. <laughs> that reminds me of that, like infamous blood for blood t-shirt that says like, I went to a fight and a blood for blood show broke out. Absolutely. <laughs> that's how, that's how it felt. Yeah. Um, and then another one was, uh, I hate God played here. Okay. And people were like breaking bottles and like stabbing each other. But it was nuts. Like sounds very, quite violent, quite sketchy. Um, Damn. let's see. We play the show with the, was it the show with the Cronies? Yes. Uh, we played the, and fourth played the beach with, uh, Cro-Mags okay. and someone stage dove, but they hit their head on the monitor. Oh no. That's like hangs from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. They hit the corner and it practically just like scalped them. So there was just like that, that, that head blood yeah. all over the place. So they shut the entire show down. And I was like, I was packing up the merch. I was like, okay, show's over. Jesus. And the security guard is like, what are you doing? I was like, uh, that dude's bleeding out of his head, brain. Like show's over. Right. He's like, hell no. We're going to clean this up. I'm going to keep going. I was like, <sighs> okay. 
Jesus. And then something when we were when we were playing, we played Quebec City with integrity, and a, a very similar thing happened there. And like whole thing got shut down. Everyone had to leave. Ambulance came, pulled this guy out in a stretcher. They cleaned the place. And then like three hours later, integrity finished their set. And it was, yeah, it's just, you know, violence goes. Damn dude. Oh man. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. I mean, I can think of a ton. Uh, okay. Well, that was quite, uh, the memories of those shows. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, an- another dude that's in a hardcore band, Brody King. He's in a band called God's Hate. Just put out the record. Yeah. Right? Uh, so he's a wrestler, and he gets to use a God's Hate theme. If you were a wrestler, and you got to choose your own theme song, wrestler or UFC, and you had to choose one theme song, what would it be? Of my uh, of any song of my choosing, any song of your or, choosing doesn't matter. Oh, it would have to be. Something really obnoxious and really cool. So, like, ZZ Top Sleeping Bag is the <laughs> nice. first okay. thing that comes to my mind. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. Or, um, let's see. Uh, oh, I just had it. Uh, Photograph by Death Leopard. Okay. Um, just something really just glitzy and glammy. And you'd have like a Ric Flair robe. Oh, probably. I would have. Oh, I'd have the feather boa. Mm -hmm. I'd have you know the insane you know bleached beard. Yeah, like the big like Randy Savage sunglasses. I would. I would really ham it up. You'd be a heel for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No question. (laughs) Okay, so during this time, people would hate me. uh, During this time that like uh, you know we can't see you. At shows, obviously. What's the best way to support you guys um, if we dig what we hear? Um, follow us on Instagram or Twitter okay. or Facebook, uh, Enforced RVA. We interact with a lot of people on those, um, and we answer a ton of questions all the time. Yeah. So if you ever want to get in touch with one of, one of us or have a question or a concern about the album, um, by all means, hit us up. Um. Of course, if you can uh, buy the record, yeah, we're getting more, um, more being shipped to us uh, that we'll have on our Bandcamp uh, web store. Uh, hopefully, in the next coming week or two. Nice. So, if you're in the continental U.S. and you don't want to pay for, you know, European shipping, just be patient, and we'll have more. Um, so you can get it from the band directly. Um, Right on, man. Well, and if you, if, you, if you can't wait, go ahead and buy one. Uh, I think I think Cortex Records still has a few, maybe a handful of uh, limited uh, gold vinyl left. Nice. And then everything else is completely sold out except for, like, you know, the just basic black. Yeah. Uh, so now um my my last question here for you man and this is a question we like to ask everyone but we were getting into some pretty gory stories there so i gotta ask you um if you could pick a scar just one scar on your body and tell us the story of how you got that scar dude um let's see two there okay i I can get two Mm -hmm. um one i have a big chunk of skin missing from my shin Okay. Uh, cause someone kicked me with a steel toed boot and it literally just poured out a chunk of Jesus. skin. What was that? Um, uh, was that at, at work or at a show or at a fight? Oh, 
it's not a show. Is that a show? Yeah, okay. I just got kicked really hard in the shin, Jeez. and it just t- took a, a big chunk out of my uh, out of my leg. Uh, so it's like there's you can if you just go down my shin bone, you can, once you hit the scar, it's a big <laughs> dent. <laughs> I can picture it's a big it now. dent. Uh, huh? I can picture it. Yeah, yeah. It's not huge, but it's like if I was wearing shorts, you'd be like, "What happened there?" <laughs> it's a um, yeah. I think the grossest thing, and this this is something that um, I don't really talk about I, for no reason. I just it never gets brought up. But I was walking down my street in high school, going back home, mm-hmm. and I was crossing the street, and it was really dark. I got my eye caught on someone's car antenna. Jesus. I know the weirdest thing got and it sliced my eyeball. Whoa. Like, like diagonal. Uh, so this was when I was like 16. <sighs> so of course my eye starts swelling up. I'm freaking out. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm losing this eye. Yeah. Like that's obvious. Um, so we went to the doctor that night and we, they examined it. They got the swelling to go down. They gave me this gel to, you know, help cure whatever the, uh, yeah. what's it called? Wh- whatever the outer layer of the cornea, uh, I guess. I don't know. Something like that. Uh, the, the jelly, the like clear jelly part. That's all that happened. And luckily didn't dig in deep enough yeah. to actually like screw up my vision. But ever since then, at how it's healed, it looks like through my left eye, it looks like I'm everything I see looks like I'm, I, I'm, I'm looking through like a broken window. Whoa. Yeah. So it, it, it like, it's just my left eye. So like my vision is awkward because if I close my left eye, like right now I can see fine. But if I close my right eye, it just looks like the black flag damaged. <laughs> it's just shattered. That's a shattered eye effect on your eye. Yeah. So it's just like this kind of cracked, crackling and little spline and here and there it just looks splintered. So I have a very distorted view of the world. Yes, that's a <laughs> very like metal a, way. Like of a broken mirror. It's a very metal way of putting it. Like you're like cracked vision, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jagged visions of my true destiny. Yeah, I'll write it down. <laughs> awesome man well thank you so much dude again Knox Colby from the band Enforced and uh, they have a brand new record out called Kill Grid on Century Media thanks for taking the time man absolutely thank you so much for your time I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you absolutely man I'll talk to you later absolutely bye bye this has been Metal Shop's Backstage Pass